come on, let's just be honest with each other. Did you, in your darkest heart, secretly hope that the All Blacks would lose to South Africa? That they'd lose convincingly to prove that Ian Foster was always the wrong man? They'd lose and you could get Scott Robertson into the driving seat? Come on. Lots of people did. I saw it all over social media. People going, I hate to say this, but I really want them to lose. Now, if you did, it's really quite a dark place, isn't it? Actively rooting against your own team. Actively um, going against your own country. Even if you think it might be best for the team eventually. The diehard fans would be disgusted. Uh, They'd call you a fair weather fan, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. You're not here for the team. You're only there to share in their glory. As soon as they start losing, you're gone. Also, if you're important enough, or your voice is loud enough, the players may hear of you predicting doom and gloom, and it may crush their spirit, which, of course, nobody wants. You know, it is all right to think that others could do a better job, but what is the benefit in wishing for failure? Now, I'm saying this because it reminded me of something else. It reminds me of the number of people who appear to want New Zealand to fail economically, purely because they don't like the current government. It's almost like they're hoping for a recession just to prove to everybody, or maybe just to prove to themselves, that the government is an ignorant, economically illiterate mess that has destroyed this country. So I think it's very important at the moment to differentiate between those people analysing the economy as scientifically as they can and others who offer opinion for their own benefit. And you get that kind of negative stink off the opposition right now, who would be the only people in politics praying for economic Armageddon because they could see some advantage for them, might see them elected to the benches. But can I just say that hoping and praying for economic doom is not a sound idea. Either you, the doom comes true and you've helped make it come true because sentiment is huge in this. Either you inherit the doom and it proves really hard to fix and that colours your reign. Or even worse, the doom never really arrives and it makes you look stupid. So there is no arguing right now that New Zealand is doing it tough. And that is pretty much true of every economy on earth. And almost every government running these economies are falling backwards in popularity, no matter what side of the political fence they're on. Anyone remember Scott Morrison? But awkwardly, if you look forward in the medium and short term, New Zealand might not be heading for doom. The ANZ last week, who is fair to say has been talking a lot of doom recently, the ANZ last week in its quarterly outlook suggested we look like avoiding recession. They predict inflation will be at 2.5% next year. Uh, Goldman Sachs has also come out, and they reckon that both Australia and New Zealand will completely skip recession. And Sydney-based Capital Economics sees the cycle turning even faster. They reckon that the OCR, the interest rates, will go no higher than 3.5%, and that there'll be three interest cut rates next year. Juicy, the motorhome rental firm, has just announced a $40 million credit line to buy more motorhomes. Why? Oh, because there's so many tourists. And a mate of mine, hello, John. John actually bought himself a tourism company. He drives vans down to Hobbiton and places like that. He runs this tourist firm. It was his retirement gig. Unfortunately, it's going too well. He is working too hard. And he says his forward orders are remarkably huge, bigger than before the pandemic. So this all adds up to an economy looking a bit better 
by next year's election, not worse. And that could prove problematic for all those who predict doom and gloom, but actually good news for the rest of us who are just trying to make a living.